We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. There's definitely, you know, like you're just whole, you know, you're just willing so much for him because he's so beloved already, even at that point, because the resurrection had happened at Harbaugh. But like, yes, major skepticism that what was about to ensue was actually realistic. It's January 2011, Saints at Niners. This is Remember That Game, a podcast about sporting events that take you on a journey and maybe chart the path of the zeitgeist. I'm your host, Thomas Semerick, and my guest is Melissa Jacobs, founder and managing editor at The Football Girl. Melissa was there at Candlestick that fateful day. Let's see how the Catch 3 compares to the Catch 2 with Terrell Owens and Steve Young in the 90s and with Joe Montana and Dwight Clark in the 80s. How does the Catch 3 stack up as a name? ever like there's one cat I hated catch two also like there's one catch and they don't you know they all they to me that's Vernon Post that game was just Vernon Post I've never honestly until you brought it up I've never even thought of it as the catch three for you know since the, I know they dubbed it but after you know two weeks after the game that erased from my memory I mean it's such a different situation and you know the, the catch number one obviously just catapulted the franchise it was a dramatic win over the cowboys you know catch number two basically which again i shouldn't be calling it as i am uh you know given my thoughts on it but the terrell owens catch really sparked his hall of fame career like that was you know it was a meaningful game but that almost was a singular moment for him and then vernon davis you know in somewhat similar fashion had been had had some you know attitude problems and immaturity and and you know but but for but the the Vernon Davis catch was just the the signal that the downtrodden years at least were temporarily over there so you had you know that you had that layered you had his you know just just coming up so big in that game across the board I mean he had I think the 47 yard catch to even put them in that position get them in field goal range and then to, to make that and you saw the emotion on his face you saw him run up to Jim Harbaugh and just fall into his arms with tears streaming because it was so you know to go from what he had been with, with some of his personality issues and then to that and then obviously again what it meant to the franchise as a whole. The Terrell catch and the Vernon Davis catch are in the road bucket. They aren't part of that old lore. 
And they, they do have a lot of similarities between the two, both like break down crying and emotion immediately following. Yeah. So that, that they're, they're more of their own just separate thing in, in, in Niners nostalgia. Yeah, I mean, I've seen Terrell Owens say he that touch if he if he doesn't make that catch, like he doesn't have the career. He doesn't go on even to the career. He had already, you know, done okay, but to go on to, to you know what he had done, he doesn't think he's a Hall of Famer if he doesn't make that catch. Like that just met was so meaningful. And then you know, Vernon Davis obviously was isn't quite in the same category, but for him, it was just what he had. You know, he had he had had again some immaturity issues. Was benched and sent to the locker room by Mike Singletary and just called out publicly. Uh, you know, he was basically shamed by Mike Singletary. So to come back and you know, and and obviously this this happened to Alex Smith as well, but just to be resurrected by Jim Harbaugh, who you know came in kind of like this Messiah the, that first year. It was just so you know, just this like beautiful revelation and and you you just saw like almost like this magic fairy dust sprinkled on vernon davis and that was you know his moment the niners go into the season with 50 to 1 super bowl odds they go into this game at home as three and a half point underdogs and then you have yeah these stories alex smith considered a bust up until that season along with Vernon Davis. Was there a, a chip on the shoulder in San Francisco for everyone rooting for the Niners that day? In, in a way. I mean, I think it was sort of like a little magic carpet ride that season. Um, there was a lot of nervousness going into that game. I think the Saints had won like seven or eight in a row. You know, they're this offensive juggernaut. But, of course, the 49ers had a defense that really stacks up to, you know, what they had this season. You know, they had those inside linebackers, Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman. It was Alden Smith's rookie year. Justin Smith was just an absolute beast. I mean, he had, I mean, Drew Brees, they, you know, they had five turnovers in that game and he was under pressure for so much of it. Um, so, yeah, it was, it, the, the win obviously was going to be meaningful, but I honestly, for, for at least from my perspective at the time, trying to take myself back in history, I, there was a little bit of just like happy to be there, just like okay, well if they don't get it this year. I mean, look what's already look at look at we just went from like five miles an hour to like ninety miles an hour. So this is the building blocks. Alex Smith, he is resurrected. He can thrive under Jim Harbaugh. He finally has a Greg Roman, the offensive coordinator, after like you know seven failed offensive coordinators to that point. So it you know the you know you have this young, exciting defense. Just you know Joe Staley, the left tackle, the only one who still remains from the that team. You know he's young, and he, you know it just felt like there was a, a brighter future. So. Yes, the win was important, but just honestly getting there was like the biggest piece, in my opinion. And you were in the the stadium there that day um, <laughs> when the Niners went up 17-0. Was, had the atmosphere changed even from kickoff, you know, be, being up 17, uh, you know, going in as an underdog? Yeah, it was shocking. I mean, those turnovers, like the first uh, pick that Breeze threw to Deshaun Goldson, um, that deep pass. I mean, it was like, you know, I remember sitting with, with my friends, and it's funny because we, we both kind of covered the team now. So we, you know, were, but I remember we were just like, 
it's not, you know, you're not at ease. You're just like, wait, holy shit. Like, is this really happening? Yeah. But but never being complacent because you're like, well, it's Drew Brees and that offense. And, you know, Marcus Colston was such a beast. And obviously, obviously Jimmy Graham um, was really a big deal then, um, as we would see later in the game. Uh, but, yeah, you're just – it's one of those where you're just like, what what's happening? This is so weird. But it's really early. So <sighs> can't, can't really exhale yet. The Saints, uh, a juggernaut team, um, and this is a really strong NFC bracket that year. The Saints is the three seed. You might be able to make an argument it's the strongest team not to receive a bye in recent memory. Uh, that that offense there, pro football focus rated them neck and neck with the Atlanta Falcons as the, their highest graded offense of the past decade. Um, so, And the, the, they'd scored, I think, over 40 points the previous four games, including yeah. in the wild card. Yeah. Um, so when you're up 17-0, you know, Saints surge back. Breeze drops a dime to Colson down the sideline. They get to 17-14 heading into that half. What are the conversations like at halftime? All of a sudden, like, poof like that, you're only up three going into the break. Yeah, it was quiet. I mean, the people around me just didn't really talk, didn't really, like, get up and get more beer. It was just very, like... Okay, let's just get let's get the game back. Let's you know just just sheer nervousness. I mean, at at that point, it was really you know the first couple of scores was really fun. We all had those like who's got it better than us? Nobody towels and screaming and you know drinking just just reveling in what's happening. And then when they're coming back, it's like you know it's the fan thing. Your heart sinks, especially when it's a team like the Saints that it has such a prolific offense. Like you said, forty points a game, and you 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 know they're gonna get you know they're gonna get theirs. I mean they couldn't get anything going on the ground that whole day, but honestly nobody could against San Francisco. But you're like, okay, Drew Brees is not going to you know he, he, you couldn't count on him to throw like you know a couple picks in the second half. So it was it was very nerve wracking. A lot of a lot of uh, fingernails being bitten. Breeze, they they decided, hey, we're not going to run. He ends up throwing it well over sixty times in the day, <laughs> piling up nearly five hundred yards. Um, but yeah, he does make a couple mistakes there. The pick to Goldson, also another pick at the end of the first half, mm-hmm. and the Niners recover a few fumbles too. But there was one point in the game where the the Niners recover another fumble three and out field goal. It's like, I think 2017 at that point, Kenny Albert says something along the lines of, uh, you know, uh, Niners capitalize on the turnover. And you're thinking like, are they really capitalizing? They're piling up field goals. They only have like 13 points off of turnovers. The Saints have turned it over five times and it's a one score game. People in the stadium are probably cognizant of, of that once you know, the Niners kick another field goal off a turnover. Right. I mean, Kenny Albert can say whatever, but those of us in the stands were not feeling great. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Yeah. I mean, honestly, the only way I think to have felt comfortable was like going into the fourth quarter with like a three score lead or something like that. And obviously that, that wasn't the case. So it was just, you know, it's like one of those things that when you, you when your team is ahead in an important game, and even if it's closer, you're just like, like make the time go off the clock, like some whatever, you know, hold them, keep them contained, yeah, just make the time. Like, can the time keep ticking, please, please, please? And yeah, even even you know, as you as people that saw that remember that game, even with you know five minutes left in the game, was like five hours left in the game, really. 
you're getting peak Drew Brees at that point in his career, combined mm-hmm. with peak Darren Sproles, peak Marcus Colston, who's kind of a proto-Michael Thomas at that point. Jimmy totally. Graham, who has a receiving weapon right then, was on par with Rob Gronkowski. And so you have one of the most stacked offenses we, we've ever seen in a playoff game. Niners with a narrow lead. Four minutes left. Saints take the lead. Uh, and at that point, are you wondering, is Alex Smith too conservative? And is this Harbaugh's offense with Smith too conservative to bring us back here? Is there, are there some doubts? Oh, yeah. And, you know, for Alex Smith is beloved in San Francisco, just like he's now beloved in Kansas City. He's, he's one of those players like Frank Gore that's just going to be beloved forever. And for him, it's like that comeback kid story that doesn't happen to a lot of quarterbacks and just kind of perseverance. So your heart is just breaking for him. You're like, oh, crap. He's just going to get – he's getting outshone by Drew Brees. Like, there's no way he can just light it up. I mean, bear in mind, like, this – I mean, even in that game, I don't – I think he had 299 yards, like, which was the most he had thrown the whole season. Like, this wasn't a player who put up 300 yards. I mean, it was obviously a, you know, run first offense. They didn't have – tons of weapons um you know so yeah you're just there's definitely you know like you're just whole you know you're just willing so much for him because he's so beloved already even at that point because the resurrection had happened at harbaugh but like yes major skepticism that what was about to ensue was actually realistic the qb sweep with alex smith to go ahead (laughs) Saints score on a throw to Jimmy Graham that um, I think only Jimmy Graham could have made. Um, Reaching behind him, catching it, staying in stride on that while avoiding getting murdered by Patrick Willis and Dante Whitner. Smith gets the ball back again, hits Vernon Davis for the score. You know, the QB sweep, maybe the most impressive play call of the Harbaugh era, the Alex Smith throw to Vernon Davis, the most impressive throw of, of yeah, I mean the sweep was just beautiful. It was it was so unexpected, right? It was it was and it was a conservative offense, I, you know, despite getting that far. So yes, like that was just stunning. And I remember being in the stands and being like 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 just so so shell shocked that that ha- that that play call was called that he executed it like all the things right the Joe Staley block like oh just I honestly I get chills thinking about it and then just just the athletic you know I've, I've watched the, the again what I call the Vernon post play um a gazillion times now just like the athleticism the just like everything from Alex Smith in that moment was like yeah, I just, I, I, it is the best, it is the best, I mean, I'm sure if you, like, watched film of every other game and you compared it, and, there, you know, I'm sure there's some analytics people out there that could come up with some stats that make the argument that some other throw at some other point was better from some, you know, metric perspective, but no, not, in that moment, and, and the, the, the execute, I mean, it was, what was it, one millimeter, you know, yeah. millisecond. Like, like it has to get in that window, or, or no. So yeah, it, it was. It's. It was. A, it was just an actual beautiful, beautiful, beautiful throw and execution, of course. Even earlier that drive and earlier that quarter, some like dimes to Vernon Davis um, in tight coverage. Davis ended up going, I think, seven on eight targets for 180 yards. Right. And still, the Niners had. 
kicked a lot of field goals at half in situations where you could think about going it. They're down three. How surprised were you that once it got to third and seven, the Niners were kind of playing for the field goal there more and instead with 14 seconds left going for the win to the end zone after being conservative early? It's funny because now when I watch it back, like I can process it more. But at the time, it was just all it, it all felt like it happened in one second. Yeah. Like the whole honestly, like those final four minutes. So that obviously included. It's just like what's you know, like just the emotional pull that you have as a fan of like, oh, my God, this penalty. Wait, they're going to go for it. Wait, did he catch it? Did he, yeah. you know, just going, oh, my God, no, no, no. It's going to be was that an interception. Like, you, you know, when you're in the stands, you can't tell um as much so yeah looking back it was all you know like being in the stands it was just so such an emotional pool and i you know you're even obviously when they when they won and you're celebrating and it was so mentally exhausting so like at some point it was just such a celebration and then just mentally crashing and I think those plays that you recount are a big part of that just the you know emotional swings there in just you know a few second span which of course is also why that game and football and sports is so exciting to have those you know kinds of quick swings we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It seems like the most adrenaline-filled four minutes of football you've ever seen. 28 points between the two teams in the Final Four after the Niners had been kind of wandering in the wilderness for a while. Yeah, I would say so. I mean, a big part of it was was being there in person, being a 49ers fan. Um, yeah, it was and, – and, and again, it was – and I could probably – you know, I'm sure there's other games in history that – I mean, obviously, we have the the Chiefs, Rams, Monday Night Football. You know, there, there's other games. But to me, I just had such an emotional connection to Alex Smith and to Jim Harbaugh at the time. Um, you know, he was like God. He was literally like you could have named freaking stadium after him at that point. Um, I, but but really, the affinity and, and Frank Gore, who I consider my favorite football player, really of all time. Um, you know, just just the fondness and just going through it with them as a fan of of these just dark, horrible years of like nothingness and despair. So that obviously, for when you're a 49ers fan, amplifies how meaningful those four minutes were. Was it like especially vindicating because it was yeah a player like Alex Smith who 
had been considered a bust up to that point, and a player like Vernon Davis who had been, yeah, shamed like like he was with um, Mike Singletary. Oh, absolutely, and especially about Alex. I mean, again, this is a number one overall pick. I mean, people were calling, you know, calling for his head throughout. I mean, people wanted to, you know, he was benched. They wanted him, Troy Smith, to replace him, right? right? Like no one, no one really believed in him, and no one, you know, I, I will say, and and I, I'm not saying I wanted Troy Smith over him. I was like, man, I really, I knew how smart he was. I knew he had kind of some of these intangibles that maybe didn't match, you know, Drew B. Brees' like physicality and his arm strength or anything like this. I just, I wanted him to have success so badly. There was something about him that it was like, just, just there's nothing like a good comeback story in sports. And he was, he was the ultimate. Um, and, And I, as a, you know, what during those dark years, one one positive, and we we saw it manifest in, in this game. Alex Smith was always good in the two minute drill. Right. Like for all the dark days, there were. I, I remember a game against. Um, I don't remember the year now, but against Peyton Manning when he was on the Colts, and he just like executed this. Smith executed this two minute drive, and I think the Niners like took a one point lead, and this is like the Colts and their heyday with Peyton Manning. And I remember being like, "Oh my God, can everyone see?" You know, yeah. I don't know if people had Sunday ticket or yeah. read them. The time I was like, please, can the world just see that what he just did? And I remember like calling and, you know, I don't think there was text yet or whatever, but telling as many people as I could. And then, you know, they wound up losing and no one cared. But yeah, it was it was nice to see him do it with in in that fashion. Way way more, way more vindicating than like if they had just blown them out like 55 to 10, like the Niners did, you know, against the Broncos in that Super Bowl. A Niners roster where there are players where you've seen things from, and I'm sure as a Niners fan, you're like, on, on a national stage, it would be great for people to see. We we have some of the pieces. Like, we're not that far away. And on defense, there oh, even in the Singletary years, there was kind of like murmurs like, hey, this defense is actually kind of stacked. And you have players like Patrick Willis that finally become like national names, and Justin Smith. And then you have rookie Elvin Smith join that year. Uh, Vic Fangio comes in, and all of a sudden all the pieces kind of come together. Drew Brees very much bothered in that game. Saints that season had allowed 11 pressures per game. Justin Smith had 10 by himself against the Saints. The <laughs> yeah. Niners had 33, tripling the Saints season average. Drew Brees' time to throw got pushed up near three when he was one of the quicker on the release during the season. So that, that Niners defense really had Brees bothered in the second half. Saints were stuck at 14 for a quarter and a half in the second half there. Yeah. I mean, that defense was, um, I mean, they, they took pride in like, you know, not allowing rushing touchdowns. Like they just, so, I mean, they completely stymied the run. The Saints didn't really even try it in that game other than, you know, some interesting usage of Darren Sproles. And yeah, I mean, Justin Smith, the Cowboy was just, such a beast in that game. Like he kind of reminded me in a lot of ways of like what we've seen out of Nick Bosa this year, or just how he can completely change a game. And he really did that for much of the game to, to Drew Brees. I mean, he wasn't the only one, but he really stands out to me um, in that particular game. Do you think the squad measures up to the teams from the following two seasons, where the one where Kaepernick took over and they went to the Super Bowl? And the one after that where they fall to Seattle in the NFC title. Do you think this team measures up with those following two squads? You know, I don't 
think so in the sense that I mean the defense was was obviously had most of the most of the key figures um but uh, Kaepernick was just just I mean it, it was hard for for me I've obviously professed my love for Alex Smith um like 10 times already in this conversation you know to see him to see him bench I think he was he had the best, you know, efficiency rating in the NFL at the time. And literally because he reported his concussion, you know, his career in San Francisco was over. But Colin Kaepernick was, uh, I hate comparing him to Patrick Mahomes. But like he took the NFL by storm. Yeah. Like he was like, you know, that first year, like it, it was unbelievable. And he was just, he was musty TV. He was a good guy. He was just a total game changer. So, Yes, he gave the team a lot more options. In some ways, that was great. In some, it wasn't. Um, but yeah, and then you have Joe Staley, like another year older. Like he, you know, you had, you know, there were there were just some improvements. But but notably, as much as I hate, hate to say it, I love I love Kaepernick as well. But what Kaepernick just brought offensively, it just doesn't compare to what they had had the year before. Yeah, you see a Harbaugh system, especially in 2011, when not as much of the college elements had been incorporated and been more pervasive in the NFL. You, you kind of wondered if he kind of corporate that was a little more electric running, could push the ball a little further down the field, what would happen. And even on running plays, especially that next season, Cap, you know, that game against uh, Green Bay, the next, the following postseason, yeah. you see those Jets. Though, though Smith has some, some scoots himself, you know, getting around the edge in that sweep. But yeah, you have a good offensive line, and like Joe Staley, it's a power run offense, but they're pretty nimble. Staley got down the field in that Alex Smith sweep and cut the free safety. <laughs> Put all that together, and you get a little more arm, a lot more speed with Kaepernick, and then yeah, you Carbo's offense kind of did go to another level. This game, would would you say was the signature win and performance of Alex Smith's Niners career? Um, yeah. For the Niners, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I would say overall, too. I was thinking about that, like his you know, opener against the Patriots in 2017. Yeah. You know, up there in terms of just like... That was impressive. The wow, yeah, the wow factor. But yes, in ter- definitely in the 49ers, like no question. I mean, because I will also say, like, I, I almost forgot, like he was good throughout the game. It wasn't just the four minutes when he stepped up. Like he, he wasn't perfect, of course, but like he made some great throws before those final four minutes. So it was just an overall like kind of start to finish, just sort of this like, I guess his, his 49ers opus, if you will. Was this the most thrilling run that you've seen in your Niners fandom? The season or yeah the, uh, the 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 2011 season would you say this was would this gave you a feeling or a specific uh, type of memory and recall that no other season did? I mean I don't remember that well like the really you know the Super Bowl winning because I was kind of you know young then, um, you know being like a young kid watching versus being an adult is a totally different experience. Yeah. So there might have been like a little more magic in the, in the Steve Young um, years, but um, yeah, I mean it's really that game. I mean because obviously the next game Kyle Williams muffs the punt, and then there's you know that. So they don't make it to the Super. I mean I would say that honestly that the following year 
as because I was very emotional about Alex Smith being benched, but then I kind of fell in love with Colin Kaepernick as the season went along, and um, that felt very. I mean, the Niners should have won that Super Bowl, so that was a really fun emotional ride. This past season um, was was really crazy because nobody believed in San Francisco and. You know, for the basically until after the first half of the season, and then it was like, oh, okay, like this is actually working, and um, this defense is real, and all the things. So being here, and, and and I did cover the team a lot this year, and covered several of those early season games. So then to kind of feel that, um, and then see the nation come along, that was a really me- memorable ride. But I wouldn't say 2011 like far and away. Luckily, it's a t- the 49ers are a team where there are several seasons that could easily be contenders, particularly depending on, like, you know, your age and whatnot. 2019 run kind of remind you of the 2011 run anyway? Yeah, a little bit. Um, a, a little bit, although, I mean, there's Jim Harbaugh and, and Kyle Shanahan are just so different in their cultures and, and their, um, you know, the the – I mean, the players bought into Jim Harbaugh. Like, at the time, again, I thought he was the Messiah. Then I could kind of see, like, okay, what some of the personality issues were, how he rubbed some players the wrong way. The guys now in San Francisco, I mean, they adore Kyle Shanahan. He, like, you know, he dresses like them. He listens to the same music as them. Like, they just respect his offensive prowess so, so much. So that's, you know, that would be, like, the big difference, which is pretty significant, and it's the head coach we're talking about. This has been another episode of Remember That Game. Please rate, review, subscribe, and check out more episodes.